a few years back, probably about 10 years back now, there was a saying, WWJD. Anybody remember that? You know that, what that stands for? What would Jesus do? Well, I studied the Bible a little bit, and I got a coach's Bible, if you see. I'm an FCA person, too. But um, in the Bible, all right, and it's your shirt that made me think about it. In the Bible, there was wrestling, all right? His shirt says, God and wrestling. What else do you need? I'm like, ooh, we. He's not my size, or I would have took it off of him. But, but I'm like, it's starting to connect for me. And this doesn't have anything to do with what I'm saying right now, but it's starting to connect for me why we do what we do. You don't know which people in your lives are going to impact you. But if you keep coming around positive tables like this and really focusing in on what God is saying, what your leaders are saying, what your friends are trying to say. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight a little bit. But uh, what I want to do real quick is pray for this, and then we will jump right in. Okay, let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time and this place. God, thank you for uh, Crosspoint. God, thank you for the ministry, God, that is going out, the beacon of light, God, on this side of Eureka, God, that is uh, hopefully doing exactly what you asked them to do, Lord. So bless our time together, God. Let me uh, decrease so you may increase, God. Fill me with your spirit so your word will go forth to the next generation who so desperately need you, Lord. We love you. We honor you, God, in this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, amen. All right. I asked John if I could take my shirt off up here on stage, and he told me no. So I found one of my recent pictures of me after working out, you know, and um, I was like, yeah, I got to show off a little bit. So do you think that looked like me? Yeah, I like that table already. Yeah, I, okay, that's the trouble table too, John. They're on my side, so there. All right, but no, really, look at that. You think that looks like me? Okay, wait, maybe if I turn to the side and you see this part of me, huh? Does that look like me? Huh? That's an honestly, honestly true picture, no? Okay, I'm pushing. I'm, let me suck it in. There you go. <laughs> okay, all right. But really, you know what? If... I was honest with myself, I could look like that. If I was committed to looking like that, I could look like that. I know how to do it. I know what to do. But I don't commit my time or my eating habits, right, to look like that. So why is it that if I know all this, I don't look like that. I mean, that's our goal most of the time is to look the best we can. We stay in the mirror, we make sure we've got on the right shoes, the clothes, the hair, the, all of that, right? But sometimes we're doing it for the wrong reason. And sometimes, even if we know what to do, we just don't commit to it. We don't do it. So tonight, what I want to do is talk about how Jesus gives us the spiritual model to look like that, spiritually. I'll probably never look like that physically. I'm past that. <laughs> you know, I'm past that. If I can just keep my belt up over my stomach now, I'm good, right? But I'm past this. But spiritually, I'm still not even close to what that looks like. 
so I'm trying to grow. But I have to commit. So let me stay on. I wrote some notes, so let me stay on this. So, oh, wrong. I'll go back. All right. So the last thing that Jesus told his disciples before he left earth was this. Will somebody read that for us, please? Thank you, sir. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Some of us have already heard it. Some of us, when I say the, the, the Great Commission, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is the Great Commission. We, as Christians, are committed to do exactly what God asks us to do if we are followers of Jesus Christ. This is our mission, period. McDonald's, Walmart, Amazon, uh, Hulu, whoever, Netflix, whatever. All of those organizations have a mission statement and a vision statement. This is our mission statement. This is what we're supposed to do. How we're supposed to do it will come up later in this, but this is what we're supposed to do. So as followers of Jesus Christ, our goal is clear. If we are followers, we know what we're supposed to do every day. Here it is. Okay, so as I look at this, you look at these guys, and the question I have for you is, how does your spiritual workout look like? Physically, we want to do that, right? Physically, right? Mentally, we want to do that. We want to get good grades. We want to, you know, do well. We want to learn some things. Spiritually. Spiritually is something most people can't see unless you show them or unless you present yourself as that. Most people would say they're Christians, but most people might admit that they don't do the things they're supposed to do every day to follow Jesus and do what he's asking us to do, which is the Great Commission. Think about this. Instagram, you got an Instagram account. How many of you know about that spam account? Huh? <laughs> no, raise your hand. It's fine. You know about it. I'm not saying you have one, but that's it. We want to look like this, right? But we, won't, we don't want to put in the work. We want to let people think we look like this, but actually we're doing other things. We're not doing what we're supposed to do to grow, to get stronger. So the thing that I'm asking you tonight is how do we discipline ourselves to share the gospel? How do we do that? That takes commitment. They didn't wake up looking like that. I woke up looking like this, okay? They didn't wake up looking like this. They had to put in time. They had to put in energy. They had to focus their time. They had to focus their food. They had to do their reps. They had to do everything they needed to do to look like that physically. Spiritually, we're actually charged to do the same thing. Can somebody read that for me, please? That's everything. There's nothing left. There's nothing left. If you love the Lord your God, I'm sorry, he didn't read the, the uh, excuse me, but it was, what, Mark 30, 12? 
That's everything. Your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. There's nothing left. That's what God is asking us to do, is to give our all, to get stronger, to get better. Why? I didn't know when I got sober that I needed to talk to somebody years later that was trying to stay sober and do the same thing. I didn't know when I was going through my high school years, crazy, smoking, drinking, sex, and all that other stuff, that years later, I would be talking to teenagers everywhere because I know where you're at. I know what you're thinking. I know what you go through. And that's one of my gifts, is God helps me to remember what it felt like to be that teenager who thought I knew everything, who thought I looked like this, but actually I was just broken. Those are the things that we're going to talk about tonight. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to take about five minutes in your group and talk about these questions. So explain how much of yourself do you give to God and why? Name one thing that you need help that, I mean, one thing that helps you and one thing you need help on. Okay? So everybody, we only got about five minutes. So everybody in your, if you want to speak, speak on it. But in about four minutes, I'll say, hey, we got one minute left, and whoever wants to speak, do that, and then we'll come back and we'll continue. All right? Go for it. If I say, if I say the address of a scripture, how many people know what I'm talking about? Okay, so, so when you read scripture, you start with the address. That's where it lives. That's how they taught me. This is where this scripture lives. I'm not great at memorizing scripture. I can paraphrase and all of that and find it if I need to by Google. But, uh, um, but the address is 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Okay? The, the initials next to it is the version of the Bible that it came out of, which is the uh, New International Version. You know, you got your King James and your message version and your different and a new living translation and all of that. But that's where that came from. So I just want to talk about that because when you read it, you say the address first. Okay? So I just thought I would throw that in there like somebody threw it in on me. So would somebody like to read this for me, please? You cleared your throat. <laughs> Start with the address. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Now, I've been, a, I've been a coach most of my life. You know, that's kind of why I wore the shirt today to talk about sports and different things like that. But I've been a coach most of my life. And I've noticed what dedication and commitment that the best of the best have which makes me realize when I was playing sports, the lack of commitment that I had, okay? When you're the best of the best, the playoffs are here now. Look, I checked, this, I checked the score when you guys were talking. I'm, ex I'm a sports fan, I'm excited, okay? I'm excited, I like watching this. I can watch anything. I can watch anything when it gets to the best of the best, when it gets to the championship rounds of anything. Okay, because you have to be committed. You have to be dedicated. You have to work out. You have to hone your craft if you want to get to that level. And everybody who works that hard doesn't get there. So this is special. So 
when you see these guys on the court during the year, all right, yeah, they're, they're, you know, focused. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But they actually work harder in the offseason than they do during season. You played football before, volleyball, soccer, whatever, right? You go to camps, right? You have summer leagues. You have summer practices. You have open gyms and all that. That's because there is no offseason. And that's what we need to understand as Christians. There is no off-season. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. What's that mean? That means sometimes I don't feel like it. That means sometimes it's just, they talk about valley experiences and they talk about mountaintop experiences. That's when, ah, that's when we see God and all of that and everything is great and, and you just love everybody and it's all flowers and butterflies. Okay, but there's sometimes when you're down in the valley, and it's rough, and, ev and everybody's talking about you, and nobody likes you, and, and I, my grades are bad, and, and, you know, my phone doesn't work. I just dropped it and cracked my screen, and, you know, all those different things. That's valley experience, and that's out of season. But we have to be ready. Why? Because the gospel is still the same thing. It's what we're supposed to do. Again, go back, right? The Great Commission. Go out to all nations and make disciples. That's the great decision. That's all the time. Okay? That's all the time. So you have to look at it. There is no off-season. And if you want to win a championship in the NBA, you have to be committed. You have to be dedicated. You have to go hard. LeBron James has been, last eight years in a row, think about this, has been in the championship. This is the eighth year that they've been in the conference finals or the championship of their division. The last eight years, and you know he switched teams and all that. Not saying that he is more dedicated than everybody else, but he's focused, he's on his craft. You got, uh, you got Harden, you got KD, okay? You got Boston right there, the old man, <laughs> they call him Pop, on the team. You got all of that. What I'm saying here in this is we have to be ready all the time. It's not, oh, I gotta go to church on Sunday, Okay, I'll be holy. Now I got to go to the party on Friday. Okay, I'll leave holy at home. You can't do that. We can go to the party. But you have to be what God even, you have to be light and darkness sometimes. Right? You have to be light and darkness. You have to be like, oh, everybody else is doing this. You have to be light and darkness sometimes. You always have to be on mission. Oh, I'm supposed to save everybody. No, I'm not supposed to save everybody, but I'm supposed to love everybody, and I'm supposed to do the Great Commission. I'm supposed to go out and tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, do I have to use words and Bibles and all that? No. You live it out. And I'm getting a little bit farther than I want to, but you live it out in front of people, and they start to see, and they start to notice, and they start to gravitate towards you because they want some of that peace and that joy that you have and they think they don't. So that's what that is. So this is what I want to do. Take another five minutes, okay? I want to talk about these questions right here. How do you prepare yourself to live in love like Jesus every day? When is it the hardest to share the gospel, and why? That's the important part, and why. All right, so take a few minutes, do that, and then I'll bring us back together.
All right, let's come back together. Celtics are up 36 to 20. <laughs> Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. Huh? Tied up. Both of them are. Both of them are tied up after, la after last night, which was crazy. Okay, I'm sorry. I got distracted. Hey, hey, when I talk about sharing the gospel, when I talk about doing things like that, I don't mean for you to come, become bullhorn guy. All right? Jesus loves you! I don't, I, I don't, I don't want you to do, no, because some people do. Some people do that. They get all fired up. I've, you know, I'm, I'm saved and I'm, I'm a Christian and, I'm, and they get all fired up and they run in slapping people with Bibles and throwing holy water on people and all that crazy stuff. Okay? What I'm saying is, like I said before, that's why I kind of had to hold myself back earlier. The way you live your life will represent who you are following. Let me say that again. The way you live your life will represent who you are following. And everybody else will see it. Everybody has haters. They won't like you anyway, no matter what you do. Okay? But in the end, people will, again, gravitate to you. People will want to be with you, want to know more about you, want to be in relationship with you because you have something on the inside that makes you shine on the outside. That's what I'm talking about. You don't have to scream and holler and, oh, you're going to hell, you don't get it, and all that. No, you don't have to do that. We are commanded to love. That's all we're commanded to do. And first, love God, and then love others like ourselves. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus' commandment is Matthew 28, the Great Commission. It all connects together. It all connects together. But guess what? We have a part to do if we want to grow. If we want to grow, if we want to be stronger in our faith, we have a part to do. When Jesus picked his disciples, he told them, come follow me. That's what he said. Come follow me. He didn't say, hey, we're about to go up here and there are going to be some crazy people, but we'll be all right. He didn't say all that. He said, come follow me. And let me read what I wrote because so, I want you to get this. When Jesus called his disciples, he said, come follow me, which meant they were going to form relationships and be on mission together. Building relationships was the key to Jesus knowing them and them knowing Jesus. Relationships are accountability, focus, and encouragement. And the key to discipleship as Jesus commands us in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Relationships. So, the last time, I want you guys to get back in your groups and discuss. Uh, oh, you can't even see that. Can you see that? I'll get out of the way. Can you see these? These are the questions right here. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm going to give you about five minutes to discuss these, and then I'll come back, and then I'll close out and be done. But think about your relationships seriously for a moment, and think about what these questions are asking you. Go right ahead. Get out of the way. Oh.
All right, let's come back together one last time. Think about it. This motto of discipleship. Again, let me, pe- let me piece it all together. The Great Commission is what Jesus told us to do. That was the last thing he told us to do before he left earth. The Great Commission. Right? Trying to deny ourselves every day and follow him and live and love people like Jesus is a very hard thing to do. We were created for relationships, first with God and then with others. So your relationships that you're in, your friends that you hang around with, all right, the things that you look at, the things that you listen to, the things you go towards, if it's not healthy for you spiritually, you might want to check that. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand because professionals hang around with other professionals. Slackers hang around with other slackers. So you have to understand that. If I know the person I'm hanging around with seriously, not just talking about it, but seriously is going the way I'm going, then okay. Then we need to encourage each other. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. Come live with me. Let's do this every day. Let's go this way. Just because you walk to school with somebody in the third grade doesn't mean that that's the person you need to walk with today in your life. My oldest friend in the world I see once a year on his birthday. I love him. He's my brother. But when I got out of that craziness, that madness of partying and doing all that crazy stuff that I was doing, that we were doing together, he stayed in there. And even at 50 years old, he doesn't think that he's lovable enough for God to love him. So I have to be the light. We text, we meet, we do that. But every year on his birthday, April 27th, I make sure I see him in person. Still trying to pull him, still trying to talk. He sees, he told me, I don't think I can have your life. Says, you don't know, you don't even understand. You're looking the wrong way. You need to be looking that way. Relationships. Relationships. All right. Now, this <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Hey, there, there's several different reasons that I pull this up. This guy is the world record holder for the oldest weightlifter, professional weightlifter in the world. He's 85 years old when he took that picture. Okay? 85 years old. Now, it's funny because he only got a 10-pound weight in his hand, right? But that knot right there is popping out, right? Okay? You're never, it's never too late. It's encouraging me. It's never too late. If you know what to do, focus on it, get committed to it, and do it. Well, you don't know what I did last week, last year, last month, okay? But I know what you're doing tonight. That's the thing. You're in the right place to hear the right, positive, hopefully helpful suggestions from the Word. And you can take that, put it on, and go forth. That's how we have to do it. I'm not good enough. No, I'm not good enough. Nobody's good enough. But the Holy Spirit if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, okay, the Holy Spirit dwells in you 
and he guides you through this. If you seriously want to do this, trust me, I know, if you seriously want to do this, this is possible. But if you just come because your friends are here, maybe you're the one they need to leave behind. Think about that. But how to be the best that you can be, right, you have to focus. You have to discipline yourself. I'm not talking about studying the Bible every day and, oh, my God, I got to read 20 pages like it's a textbook. It's not. Do devotionals. Prayer works. That's why we pray so much. Hopefully you get that. Prayer before, during, and after everything. It doesn't have to be a long spiritual prayer. You say, thank you, Lord. When I start my vehicle in the morning, I say, thank you, Lord. Because if that vehicle doesn't start, I'm irritated. Okay? My day is just messed up from the beginning because I'm always rushing to do something. When I'm driving that vehicle and I see a vehicle broke down on the road, I say, bless them, Lord, whoever they are. Bless them, Lord. Thank you, God. Because that's not me. If you've ever been broken down on the side of the road, especially a busy highway, it's not fun. So you don't have to, you know, stand up and everybody be quiet. I got to pray for an hour. No. Know that God is there. Stay in contact through prayer and let everybody else know around you that you're trying to love them the best way you can. Then they'll ask you strange questions like, why do you act like you do? Or why don't you say, you know, why didn't you cuss that person out who cussed at you? Why? Because I don't have to. Because the truth is, I win in every situation. So no matter how people from the outside of me treat me, I have the responsibility and the choice to love them in that moment. Relationships. Build yourself. Get strong. Or you're going to grow up to be fat like me. Okay, so thank you. You gave me a couple extra minutes. I took my extra minutes. All right. Hey, guys, this is real stuff. This is real stuff. Okay? We live in a dangerous world. And the only truth and hope that we truly have is Jesus Christ. That's it. There's nothing else that you'll find in this little screen that can even touch the love he has for us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time in this place. God, thank you for each heart and home represented in this room. God, thank you for John and the other leaders in the room. Thank you for the ministry of hype, God, that is a beacon of light, again, in this community, Lord. On this country road, God, they know that you are here. God, the vibe is going out, Lord. You are doing exactly what you say you want to do, God. Touch every heart here, God. Give their brain and their heart a connection that they know it's you. Love them, God. Keep them, God. Honor them, God. Thank you for the grace and the mercy that you spread on us so generously each day. You are who we need to be more like. We love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen.